the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. My name is not Eric. I do not look like Eric, but don't try to sound like Eric. But I am Rodrigo Santos Chavarria. Eric is out doing stuff, human stuff for once. Um, so we won't be able to hear any of his antics or any of that stuff. But we are here, uh, myself, Rodrigo, Bridget, and Sheila are here to kind of talk a little bit about what this weekend like have been in soccer, in a sense. So um, how you guys been so far? Okay, I, I watched some, uh, some futsal last night uh, over did. at Ladonia. How's Ladonia doing? Like, I have, I've been meaning to go out there. I know Sergio... Uh, yeah recently uh became was married so like got married so like i've been looking forward to getting over there because I, I had a couple of friends who worked there but never got around to doing that so well um yeah it was it was pretty good um uh, you know i mean they've got the patio they've, they've got their patio um uh, basically surrounding both in the front and the back um and so all of the patio seats were full um nice. not very many people indoors um but they seem to be you know doing business and people were socially distanced there were people playing futsal that's good so hopefully they'll i mean this is this is going to be tough when it starts to get warm and all these places right. that have been able to survive because of the patio we're gonna have to see how it goes we're just it's i'm just gonna have to start buying some doña beer that's what i'm gonna have to start with doing <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just, we just, they just need money. They need, yeah. they need stimulus money, like, super bad. They really do have, like, the perfect setup for making it work with the restrictions. But, but yeah, it's, as soon as winter hits, everyone's kind of screwed for a while. So. On that somber note, um... <laughs> Let's try to... Uh, everything's let's, fine for now. Everything's fine, you know. <laughs> everything's fine. Um, so let's talk about... Um, the Speaking about government and stuff, we had uh, Tony Sani Foundation had, um, had Jill Biden stop by. And I don't know if anyone knows, like, my relationship with Tony Sani. I have never met the man. Uh-huh. but um, he is a Blackhawks player. That's where you grew up from. And a lot of my, the kids that my kids play with also like do a lot of stuff with the Tony Santa foundation over at Conway, which is over in uh, most of the East side uh, of St. Paul. Uh, and they're working together to put together a, a new soccer fields with a new dome and everything. So that's what they're working on and they're, doing, and they're making good progress on that. But I found that, uh, you know, it's just uh just that Tony San is just like an overall decent human being. Like, <laughs> and, and yes, it definitely. excites me that that uh, we have someone like that who's who's in here and, and trying to do work not only for the youth, but for what he recognizes as community, but also you know, 
soccer in that band. So, so that was you've never one. met him, Rodrigo? No, I've never met Tony Sani. Like I've been within the same area of him, but I've never I got a chance to meet Tony Sani. So. Uh, apparently, um, after games, he like hang like in the olden times when the <laughs> pandemic, he would be at the bar um, at the stadium and buy people drinks. Well, there you go. I did not that's, know that. That's, what, that's the intel I got from <laughs> one of the security guards there. So you just gotta just like hang out, wait yes. until everybody leaves, and then you might get you might get a beer by Tony. <laughs> All right, that's my new goal. Once we uh, finally are back in there, I'm I'm gonna follow your intel, and I'm gonna try to see if I can get a beer, and um, we'll, we'll we'll do that thing. The man talks to everyone. He's he's like a born diplomat. Just talking to everyone, telling stories, getting stories. Uh, Kissing babies, shaking hands. (laughs) That's how he gets visits from people like Jill Biden. Maybe he he has that political ambitions. Maybe. You know, I could see it. Between him and uh, some of the other guys who work with them, I mean, I've worked with Todd a little bit, who's his, um, like his, co-chair vice president of the organization um and they're all pretty organized and on top of things and um i mean dark clouds have worked with them quite a bit too but yeah they're it's a fantastic organization to, to work with and to see continue working right now i mean they're handing out food and you know keeping the neighborhood keeping the neighborhood running so yeah he's a right good and guy. i don't know if anyone knows that area of the neighborhood there's literally right out of 94 and ruth so like yeah right over by like the sunray yep. shopping centers mm-hmm. there's right not too far from this so like there's a lot of like small uh, small shop um small small like grocery stores and stuff like that stuff has been on that in the area for a long time and so like i like nubia's i mean nubia She's Issa's friend. One of her best friends lives by over there. So we always used to make over there. And Giselle and Issa used to have practice over at Conway. And in the future, more than likely, we'll continue having practices there. So it's like, I've always been around that. And at one point, I was super close to Tony. Like, I had one person behind me. But, like, I was with, I think Giselle was, like, eight or nine, I think, at that point. And, like, we went to go see um, – the women's gopher soccer game they and and that oh, ha- yeah. happened to be uh we saw we saw many lagos there and then um and then uh the other lagos brother and so like we were i was talking to one of them and like tony just kind of just walks by and so like i'm having a conversation and i was like should i and i like i just didn't so so you all have much closer encounters of of, of the tony kind than i have so <laughs> but Going from leadership, right, that we want to see in leadership that, we, that we're proud of, going to these, uh, uh, the Phoenix Rising's coach apology. Did, 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 you get a, did, you, did you get a hold to read this, uh, Bridget, at all? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's your typical statement of apology these days. Apology is not really an apology. <laughs> and exactly, exactly. So, I mean, he says, you know, it, it appears that I've offended people and I, I didn't mean it that way. And, you know, heat of the moment and 
of course I know that Landon Donovan has been playing soccer forever. I just, you know, I was trying to make a point and we were all stressed and talks about how he's, he wants to learn from this moment and move forward. And he drops the names of um, a bunch of initiatives that Phoenix Rising is taking on, which, I mean, their supporters have been involved in those for quite some time. Um, but he's pledging his allegiance to those groups uh, and saying that they're going to improve things um, both personally and like strengthen the club at the same time. But it's also, I mean, I was glad he does say that he reached out to Colin Martin and spoke to him personally. Um, he says that he apologized to Colin and Colin accepted his apology. That was probably the only like positive part of the statement for me. Like he actually spoke to Colin Martin about the whole issue. So, I mean, if, if Colin forgave him, that's, that's another thing altogether. So. It's a Have positive step. Tom? No, uh, there wasn't anything from him after this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure like how that conversation actually went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we'll, but he hasn't we'll see where it goes it. from here. He what? Colin has not refuted it. Correct. Yeah, so we'll see what happens from there. If they yeah, actually, I mean, the, uh, the thing too is that for me is that you know an apology is a first step, but you know his first step should have been removing Flemings when he had the chance. Yep. Yeah, especially when your when your team is already qualified for the playoffs in the USL. Yeah. So like it's like you know like, do you want to keep your player? I mean like if let let's say if you would have yeah, removed Flemings. He didn't even address that in yeah. the statement. No, he didn't. It's just like, sorry, I got caught. You know, if there weren't if there weren't cameras there, what were we talking about? Nothing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so here's he the thing, right? He got what caught he said doing until someone showed him the video. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. He got caught doing something he's not supposed to be doing, specifically showing that kind of leadership in 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 in, a, in soccer team in a soccer team, and like not only that, but. The USL, um, I believe, suspended Flemings for six games, which is yeah. the entire the entire length of the playoffs. So, so now the next question is, what is Phoenix Rising going to do? They have to do their own investigation. Yeah. Do they keep them? Do they sign them? Do they keep them? I mean, that's where that's where it stay, stands for me. I was like, yeah. USL finally did something. But here's the question is, is USL going to take any other steps in the aspects of not only what happens in this game or what happens – and a previous game that San Diego Loyal did, are they going to change their policies in the aspect if, like, someone decides to um, uh, not play a game due to um, due, due to situations like this, right? To racism, homophobia, yeah. all the isms in the world, like, being part of the game. Is there going to be something that USL is going to change their policies to address that? So if someone does not uh, decide to play, they are not penalized for... For that in that sense like i want saying i want the loyals to get their points back or if they if yeah. they don't want to have a point for that's their... the, that's like the cheap part of the thing like i'm i was happy to see that uso suspended them and made that step and i think that sets a precedent that the league sorely needs but then on the same day like an hour later they posted the the final results um which was that phoenix got they went into the book with the 3-0 scoreline, which is like the default score 
uh, for a forfeiture. So they got all three points. They go down as a 3-0 victory when it was 3-1 loyal at the time of the incident. Um, so they, they kind of did a two steps forward, one step back in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you want the, the club to take a step as well. Like he kept saying in that statement, we'll comply with the USL investigation and then we'll follow whatever they want to do. He says nothing about the organization taking those corrective steps. Right. And that's the thing that, that needs to like, that needs to start with, it starts, needs to start with their organization and your leadership. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, like we've, we've seen what San Diego's San Diego loyal's leadership is like from their president all the way to that in Donovan. Right. Yeah. But, and, and that's something that we would hope that it's being emulated all over any professional team that's playing any professional sport. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we know that's not the reality. And so I don't know. Yeah. I think there needs to be some changes being made. And there needs to be some sort of conversation regarding that. And I'm glad that it's happening, but I think there also needs to be pressure to continue it happening. Because once the soccer season's over, no one's going to talk about it again. Right. Yeah, once, once they're not showing that table anymore with uh... – loyal down well below phoenix um you know if you put if you put his statement together with la galaxy 2 it's almost like the only decent result if you combine the two where galaxy like just said that they released the player but they didn't say anything else it was literally like we have cut ties with this player right um and then you go to Phoenix and they say all these other things, but they say nothing about the player. So right. we need two of those, two of those statements together to make one, yes. one, one, some, <laughs> one somewhat of a right, one decent result. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I totally agree. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting because I was listening to, and I have XM radio because when we financed our car, it's something that came with it. And I forgot they had yeah. a soccer channel. <laughs> so I was listening to a USL game in which, uh, Jones was playing and did really oh, well yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? He's he's actually a decent player. Now I'm actually interested to watch the playoffs once they once they play it and figure it out. He's been getting the minutes. I think he's been playing yeah, no, as a he's, starter all season. So he's an attacking uh winger, so he's doing yeah. a good job of, of, of doing that. So I'm excited to see someone else who who's from Minnesota do do well do well at all. But speaking about doing well. Um, we had a game not to, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. We had a several games. It was a right? blink and you miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty so much, this yeah. is back. Uh, uh, you know, this is back. I don't know. Let's go with a way back machine. Let's go to third of October where it was <laughs> Minnesota United versus FC Cincinnati. And we remember from the last podcast that we did that I said that if we did not beat Cincinnati, I literally was going to stop watching this team. <laughs> Right. And all of a sudden, people thought that I was going to burn my house down or burn something down if that was happening. Right. According to Twitter, that's what, but that, that was that was the assumption of what was going to happen. So thankfully, there is no burned furniture. The only thing I burned that weekend was firewood. Um, but it was a Minnesota two in FC, FC Cincinnati zero, a home game. Um, what were your takes, Bridget and Sheila, on this game if you guys got to watch it? Yeah, exactly. 
like I mean there's like I'm almost speechless and then at the same time there's like so much um you know let's summarize it with once again we have Heath after the game saying that you know we're over fascinated with substitutions um and they they didn't play that well I mean it was 2-0 but the first goal was a passy kick um on a on a foul that really should have been a red card honestly um on chase gasper that was what 13th minute so it started off kind of ugly um didn't get any better she kept getting worse so 4-3-3 to, to begin we've talked about that a lot um kind of a strange formation but one that you kind of have to have when you don't actually have you know, a starting striker. For some reason, Camaro started on the bench. Um, Schoenfeld was up there as, as the number nine. Uh, but then you had Molino was back. Uh, Finley was in there for a little while. Um, so, I mean, it was good to see those guys coming back and start to build some chemistry with Reynoso. But, I mean, that whole attacking line is just out of gas. And they need, they need a little rest. So, it... It was not a pretty game. It was a win. They needed the three points. Um, desperately needed the three points. Desperately, yeah. Because I yeah. think we were like at the borderline sixth, seventh place. Yeah. Yep. And then after beating Cincinnati, we jumped back to fourth. And and yeah. you know one of the things that I like, I I, I did enjoy was watching because because Reynoso played on the left, yeah. uh, and so he was with Chase, and the combination passing that they were doing was like reminiscent of tiki taka and it yeah. was and it was fun to watch and I, I i really enjoyed that but like overall like they were like you know it it's like we were getting opportunities first of all cincinnati does not press they don't press no. anybody <laughs> so when we have ample space we do good we score yeah but when we play at columbus and when we play a team that'll press us and i'll like be all up in our face we tend to just like Kind of shrink into a defensive third and and mm-hmm. wait for the and wait for our forwards to get a long ball or get a or get a quick counter. They can do something else. And I love Kamara for what he's done, but Kamara is not that type of player. He no. he cannot take on two players and then try to do that. I mean, it might happen once in a while, but if there isn't a supporting cast, that's that's not gonna happen. It currently, sh- uh, Aaron is not that type of player either. So, no. so like. And, and and I've mentioned this before um, is is that ever since Reynoso coming, there is uh, it, it has become more evident that we don't you know we're not looking for a forward to score fifteen twenty goals right to be the one set of the offense. We're 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 asking our our wingers or our midfielders to score those goals. Hence why Molino is now one of our, is our leading scorer. Hence why Lude's got like five goals. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's where it's. That's, you know, Ethan had like five, six goals in the tournament. I mean, that's that's what we're asking them to do. And if that's what we're going to do, then for me, the conversation becomes, how is our midfield going to rotate so much? Who is going to get more playing time? And people yell at me, and literally, I, the DMs I get on Twitter sometimes for the fact that I say that we should trade Gregush, like literally, like people are like mad about that. I'm like, okay, fine, be mad about that. I don't care. But I think right now, Gregush is a great asset. But he doesn't really have a a, a a role that much anymore. I was like, he, he yeah, can. No, we're not playing through him so much now that we have 
right. those pieces up top. And I don't know how much longer are you willing to give him time specifically to adjust to that or how he will adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Dotson who who is learning more to be more of an aggressive person and connecting the passes. I think Hayes does an okay job as a as a six sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I think until we find a replacement of Ozzy, and by replacement I mean someone who is an okay six, not someone who's Ozzy, because you can't. I don't think you can find someone who is, yeah. is as physical and as accurate as passing all at once, unless you're willing to give up, you know, DP money for that kind of thing. Uh, that's what that's what you're gonna have to do. And I think that that's that. But this this game was, I don't know, like the first goal, you know. The the chase getting stepped on was 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 awful to see because I could totally feel that on my leg. Uh-huh. It was one of those where like, and then I cringed. I did too. It's just like I, I, every time I see I'll injuries, like I'll sit down and watch. I I can sit and watch some injury videos and like yeah. you know try to figure out like what happened and you know, but there are some that I just can't. And that one, yeah, that was. No, that was yeah. I have I have a house full of athletes, right? Well, except for Santi, but that's okay. He's an he's a mathlete in that, and he's a signed athlete in that kind of. Oh, really? That's kind of adorable. Yeah. Well, no, but like he he watches science videos. He watched some other YouTube videos, but like, like yesterday he was done with his work on Friday. He was done with all his schoolwork, and I go, "What?" Because we're trying to limit his screen time. Uh And he's like, "It's like I'm done with all my work, but I wanted to watch this this this." video on saturn that i that i found interesting that was in our school thing and i was like okay well yeah go for that you know enrich your mind so so yeah is your is your wife a mathematician or does she like kind of we all hate math i'm i'm okay at math once i figure it out Uh and i think it's just a formula thing for me right Uh like once i know how to use it and how to apply it i'm good at it and i didn't i don't i don't mind it but i think that comes from my dad my dad's a good math person Mm-hmm. But the rest of us are it like, just oh, like no. skipped a generation. Look, I, I failed college algebra <laughs> twice. Okay, let's put it that Same. way. All right. <laughs> right. That's I, when I finally I saw the sign. X or solve for Y, and that's about it. I just you know, don't want to solve I, it all. <laughs> I, I took algebra in, in high school. Um, and uh, I think I dropped out like the last semester because just like wasn't doing well. I was like not getting it. So I took it again in college. And I found out that if you suck up to the teacher, you get but, an A. Uh, I got a pity pass my second time through college. <laughs> college. I, the I, professor I, was uh, like, uh, the professor's like, we know you don't want to be here and there's no need for you to be here. So, you know, take an A minus and go. I was like, whoa, okay. Peace out. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I was not good at math. I'll tell you that much. Like I, I, I'd go to tutor sessions. I go to everything, and I'd be like, I just don't want to solve. <laughs> Anyways, to. this game, you know, it was uh, there was there's some highlights, right? I think one of my favorite yeah. ones was the uh, the uh, chase interpretation of Alexi Gomez on a on a, on a crossing shot that totally would have would have hit were, someone in the stands. There were I, I, a lot of Gomez imitations. Yes. Yes. That game. yes yeah. <laughs> Um, I think um, I I just don't understand. Like the only player that really scares me out of Cincinnati, and that if I had a chance to steal and and bring him in our team was Frankie Amaya. I think that kid mm-hmm. can like 
shoot the ball so quickly. And he had a couple of chances where he shot yeah. the ball and like really maybe like a foot or two off from actually beating St. Clair. I think St. Clair had a, had another decent game. Is this his third? That was his third shout out, I think. Yeah. 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 And so um, there's lots of, you know, um, there was lots of, you know, back and forth. There was just too much space that we were using in that, yeah. in that elaborating. The second goal comes in when, when you know, uh, our, own Mol- our own Kevin Molino comes in and he finds himself some open space and boom, guess who, guess, guess who gets in the ball, right? Reynoso, right? He's able to dribble through, dribble around someone and he makes the goal. I mean, like, those are, those are nice, beautiful goals to be able to watch. The last time I saw a Minnesota United uh, player mega goal make a goalie like that was Mason Tory, <laughs> but he's no longer with us. So, uh-huh. so that should that should give you some insight as to where our goals have, have are going and going. That make it sound like he died. <laughs> well, he's no longer on our roster nor he's on our no conference. Longer. So, <laughs> I'm still in mourning. If that makes you feel better, he's. I, I do he's like in a happier. He's in a happier place, Rodrigo. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he is in a happier place, much much happier. Uh, and you no, know, there, um, there were there were definitely some good moments there, and I I was surprised with Hayes. Like I was a little worried with how it would work out, just because of the uncertainty. Every time they play a four three three, there's always a couple guys kind of left out and stranded. Um, but he did really well, and I kind of forgot that he was back there which yes, is a just, good thing just come so over it's... to the who, to the hay side right yeah. I mean, he had he had two beautiful through balls yeah that i don't know what lude was thinking that usually we see lude put away and he and he did not do that and so like i was like i was like oh and like the more i see him he's like he he's he's not the biggest guy he's a no. tiny guy but he's able to be physical but his he's able to connect passes and that's what the first thing he looks to do is connect passes Mm -hmm. and there are times where he gets frustrated with himself when he knows he should have shot the ball and he doesn't get to shoot the ball and i get that right because he's still trying to learn what is his what what kind of asset he is for this team but i'm not gonna lie i like him as a as a a in-between six for right now and him if him and him and um him and dotson decide i'm too tired i'm gonna go hang out back you can go up. I don't care if that's what's going to yep. work. I think that's that's what because they were they were controlling that midfield pretty decently, right? They were they were slowing yeah. down the transition. The, the few times that Cincinnati did, did did something, it was mostly on set pieces and 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 other st- O'Connor's. So, yeah. um, they I mean the passing percentages were significantly better than they have been in any other match. I think it was probably their highest like passing average all season. I mean, normally we'll see, like, maybe in the defensive third they're completing passes, but not not doing so well in the center third. Um, but across the pitch, they were doing significantly better with that. Of course, they weren't using the space, so that really means nothing. They could have been dribbling right around the Cincinnati midfield um, and just annihilating that space, and they didn't take that opportunity. But, yeah. I mean, this- the, the signs are there. Like, there's – there's potential there definitely with that particular group of guys. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've all said, we've all seen it, you know, when Molino is not in our, our offensive threat really takes a dive. Um, and I think that's, you know, he's one of the few that's actually willing to dribble into the box. 
I don't know why Dotson is not doing that anymore. I don't know if he's been instructed not to or he's under that. I, but I think they've been trying to keep him further back. He he did get up there and he he had a good shot. Um, fired one off halfway through the second half, maybe. Would have been a banger, of course. Um, but that was saved. Uh, yeah, it seem it seems like they've kind of put him on a leash. Yeah. The other thing too is uh, Locadia can't shoot with anything, and we're, I'm thankful because of that. Because right. he had a bunch. He was of, the only one getting the ball. Exactly, <laughs> and he had a had a couple of opportunities to actually do some damage, and every yeah. time the ball went um, high and wide, and so I was like, "Well, you know, you can't say much. You know, a win is a win, right? We this game should have at least been at least four zero or." Or maybe even five zero if Lude yeah. is able to put those two away. Um, but a win is a win. At this point, we're in, we were at fourth, and here comes you know the rest of the craziness as the MLS, right? So then Orlando beat the Red Bulls. DC United got blanketed by Atlanta, <laughs> which I never thought Atlanta would win again, and that was crazy. It was a four nothing game. But then uh-huh. after that, you know, they. I don't know if it's a mutual agreement or they fired him, but Ben is no longer the coach for DC United. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a it was a mutually agreed to part ways, um, but only as head coach. He's he's still going to be within the organization, and they haven't really defined um, as of yesterday. I haven't. I know they've had a couple of headlines out today, um, but they hadn't defined what his new role is going to be. So that's going to be interesting to see how they build that organization back up. But. Look, all they need to do is they need to go to Bolivia or wherever Marco Echeverri is hiding and has not been seen for decades. Dig him out. Tell him, hey, come around this team. Right? And then, and, and then, and then you'll see everything else just, just, just turn gold. It all Seriously. just falls into place. It will fall into place. We just need that. That Marco Echeverri, the Echeverri watch is starting today. That's, I'm seriously, like, that's what you need. Like, like, I don't know how, how Moreno's doing after his injury in a situation. I haven't heard any of his updates, but Echeverry has got that mean dad face that no one ever wants to cross. <laughs> so, like, totally would, would, would really be beneficial, specifically to a lot of the internationals on this team. And yeah. so I think that would be, that would be, uh, that is my vote too. I like it. Yeah. And then, you know, Montreal, Chicago tied, New England 2-2, New England uh, and Nashville SC. And Nashville SC is just a very defensive team. And I think we yeah. all knew from the get-go that's what they were going to do. Uh, and then uh, overall, they're, you know, I think they're are going to have an okay year. But, but I think once they get the offense going, that team's going to be a little bit it's, – it's going to turn some heads on, on what they're able to do, not oh, only yeah. at home and on the road. Uh, Toronto won two one over Philly. Houston lost to Sporting KC. Into Miami, well, <laughs> lost to uh, New York, New York uh, NYCFC. Um, Dallas tied with Columbus. Seattle tied with Vancouver, and that's without you know Rui Diaz because they're all on game ready. And San Jose, <laughs> at that point, lost to the LA Galaxy, right? And, and then it comes out, finally scored a goal. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it was was it was it Chicharito? Because I don't think he scored yet. He scored once, I think once. I think that's it. Yeah, he scored once. That one wasn't. Yeah. All right. All right. And then, which leads uh, to the next uh, 
thing next Minnesota United game, which was against Nashville, and we'll take that. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll circle back and talk about that right after this break. Hey, Dad, you want to hear a joke? Uh, sure. What do you get when you cross a fish and a tuxedo? What? A swimsuit. And now, back to the show. Salud, cheers, welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. I hope you all had a, a good chance. And once again, I'm at Eric, and I don't tend to be Eric, but we are going to try to fly as much as through it. We wish Eric a good time doing family things out there. So as we are back, we um, are going to talk about the amazing game that was the 0-0 tie between Minnesota United and Nashville SC. Uh, we started out with, uh, well, we went back to an, uh, with a goodie. You know, it's not, not listening to the oldie station, but we went back to a 4-2-3-1. So we had St. <laughs> Clair. We had Debasi on the left uh, because of uh, Chase's uh, yellow card accumulation. Wasn't able to. So there we go. We had Boxo and Aha. Uh, we had Dotson and Hayes again in the middle, which I'm beginning to like. And then on the left, you have Kevin Molino. Uh, in the middle, you had Reynoso, you had Finley, and then you had Schoenfeld. Schoenfeld. So that was our starting. Um, I think um, I this is like with with what we have. I don't know what kind of like I, I don't mind this roster. I think on a on an away game, that's that's probably what you want to do. But um, but I was excited to see Finley actually getting some getting some time. Yeah, it was it was good to see him back, and you could he was looking pretty good. You could tell he felt good and was, was ready to be back in there. Um, just working away on the right side again, connecting with Metin there again. Uh, and he combines really well with Reynoso and then Molino. I mean, we haven't seen the three of them together really uh, since the season started. So, um, yeah, good to see them making those efforts in the final third. Uh, nothing really came through, unfortunately. Everyone had a few shots, but uh, Finlay definitely had a couple of sitters he missed. Um, once again, we had some more Alexi Gomez imitations, high and wide on both sides, really. Yeah. But no. uh, it, you know, it it was ninety minutes of soccer that uh, <laughs> <laughs> really. Soccer occurred. Soccer occurred. That's all we did. That's all we were going to report to you. Uh, the things that I did enjoy again, I think Dodson and Hayes, yeah, were good at were good at stopping that transition uh, when they were in a counter at times or slowing down things in the midfield, which is what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, I thought the bossy did an okay job as left. Now mm-hmm. I don't want him to play there, but. No. I, I can see where where that was, situation might be. Serviceable. Yeah. So it's serviceable. That's that's a good word for it. And I think that's what I, I agree upon is that I think that he was okay. I think Aha had probably one of his funnest games I've seen in in a in a while. Uh there was a there's a point where I think somebody was was drooling to into the box and his momentum was carrying over, so he just literally like took his forearm and like leveled somebody. <laughs> Right. And then I was like, and I, and I just kept thinking of that dirty Uruguayan soccer move. And I was like, you know, I was like, and, and it was just like, I was like, and I laughed. I was like, well, I was like, come bowl and qualifiers are right around the corner. 
I'm pretty sure he's that's what go. we're going to see all over. Uh, and, and good. And it was, and, in, and he had a couple of chances where he was able to stop the transition and, and get rid of the ball. He's a scrappy player. You know, he's not he as finesse. Yeah. And I've never used the word finesse when it comes to Boxel. But if we were to compare both of them, I would, I would say Boxel is more of <laughs> a finesse player than, than Aha. But Aha is a gritty defender. He's no, he will not, he's not, shy of being physical and i think that's one of the things i enjoy about him being out there it's just you know if he's got a chance someone's going to go down or someone's going to get into a squabble and so um but finley had some this is a, a game where finley really demonstrated why he's he, he's an asset to this team mm -hmm. and i think that some of those combination plays i think was it the chest down that he did to uh to um, Reynoso, like there was a combination of chess play yeah. and the run. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the more we were doing passing play combinations on the run in front of the, front of the 18, the, the more penetration we were able to create. And I think in those situations, like, oh, the one where like Molino literally had a shot and someone just slid right in front of it. Uh, uh, it was one of those. And then Finley had a couple of opportunities. It was frustrated in the aspect is that we know we can beat this team it's just that uh we are under a leadership that does not believe in changing the rhythm of the game um and therefore we don't see opportunities for like other players to come in, like Lude would have been great because Molina was doing things, but he looked tired. Yeah. Um, I mean, coming back from injury and you give Finley 90 minutes, I mean, like, oh, geez. You know, it's like I'm, 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 I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think a lot of yep. us are. And it's uh, also just a recipe for getting injured again. Yeah, exactly. right. And so, yeah, like, that's the other schedule, thing. Why, like, why would you do that? Right. And then it's not like we didn't have anyone in our subs. We had uh right. McCallum was there, Musa, Hairston, Lude, Edwards, you know. They they were all there, right? They they yeah. were all there. They were available. And and I don't know what Edwards has done not to be able to get more playing time, but it's it's totally obvious that he it's, is now he is now in the doghouse somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really bothers me because we did have that the game where he made four subs at one time and they all just went out and tore it up and it was a a huge three points that match and it proved that sometimes you just need to put different different eyes and different legs on the pitch and you can pull it off so it's not like it hasn't been done before and and effectively so it really doesn't make sense to me now that we don't you know try that again if your rhythm hasn't worked in the first 60, 70, 75 minutes. Why do you think that something's magically going to happen, you know, in the last five minutes if you don't make changes? The whole thing is just puzzling to me. You, you, you're preaching to um, an agnostic choir. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I agree. It's like, I don't understand why we're not making this, uh, things the one thing i do have to say is that leal is a trash player i don't like leal yes and the reason mm -hmm. was like he he complained a lot he was being physical but then he he literally like had leal threw aha into the <laughs> what is it dragged him into the the ad yeah. boards 
Right? I mean, like, he literally is pulling his shirt and then they're reviewing it. And I guess the understanding is you only review if it's a red, right? Yeah. And so even though it was not a red, it was for sure a yellow, but he didn't give him a yellow. So it was like. And I think it would have been like his second yellow. Exactly. It would have been so. his second yellow. So, and that was the thing that, that was like, was like, well, why are you reviewing if you don't think it's a red, but you know if it's a yellow? For sure. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's like that, I didn't understand that aspect of it. No, but, it, you know, it didn't show like how effective Aha had been the whole match because you could see it like he didn't think he could beat him any other way other than to just like drag him down and try to put him out for a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not like Aha is, is, you know, huge, but they were, no. you know, like it was, it was the comparison of size was, was great. And he was just like, yeah. he yanked him and literally threw him. And we had to have Aha get looked at because he thought he might have hurt yeah. his arm or his hand or yeah, his wrist. Yeah, he landed on his hand pretty hard. And so I think, you know, I, I was just surprised that Aha didn't come out and take him out you know, next chance yeah. that he got to. So. <laughs> Good discipline. Good discipline by the Uruguayans. Yes. Especially as, after seeing his face as it was happening, kind of looking oh, at him like, yeah, no. what the Mm-mm. hell are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what is this right now? Right. So, yeah. yeah, I was expecting him to pop right back up and just steamroll him on the next play. But yeah. Zero, zero at halftime. Um, the last 10 minutes, it really looked like um, Nashville was going to, to be able to uh, – do some damage, but we walked away without having Including, anything else. We got lucky, didn't uh, have to take a shot from Dunlady. Well, we took a shot from Dunlady. There yeah. was no goal though. Yeah, that would have been that would have been right. Yeah, that would have been one of the things, right? Yeah. We also didn't see uh, Miller either, so so that was no. the other thing too. I don't but. think was he. Yeah, he was on the bench. He was in yeah. the eighteen, I think. Yeah. So 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 I mean. You know, to I mean, the ref lost control. What should have been certain situations, right? Uh, Kamari went. Kamara went in. Uh, Danladi also went in, right? Um, right around the 80th or so, Nash started to press, and overall, like we had opportunities. Like we had several opportunities. Yeah. I think Finley. You know, last game Cincinnati, we were like lewd, right? You had two opportunities to put this in away. Finley had two opportunities. One was was where he where he chipped the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper was in the right place. And then the other one was when um, he was able to get a through bullet, and he just took a took a touch too wide. And I think those are good signs. I really like how Finley is looking to play with Reynoso, and I think once Reynoso knows, he he goes, "Hey, this guy runs really fast, and he runs all the time. I'm just gonna play it into space for him." Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that is, but I'm always concerned about Finley's health and the aspect of like how much time he's getting played. So I'm hoping next game he gets only you know 60, 70 minutes. Um, I think Molino. Um, if anything, I do like if Chase back for next game. I do I do, wouldn't not mind seeing Reynoso on the left and having playing a game with Chase and then having Molino yeah. in the middle and then. Um, putting in Finley on the other wing and then just literally just, you know, keeping it that way. I think that might be um, an interesting thing to see. But, hey, we didn't lose. A tie away is a good thing, right? But, a you know. A point's a point. A point's a <laughs> point, specifically oh, in this league. And we have San Jose knocking on our door, right? Beta <laughs> is doing something right now. So my dream 
of, of qualifying for the playoffs and hopefully San Jose being our opponent because that's the only team we ever beat in anything drastically um, might, might, might actually come into fruition. So, um, Can you knock on some wood over there? Hey, I got some wood right here. I'm knocking on some wood. <laughs> that's right. You never know. You never know. MLS is crazy like that. And then drunk all the time. <laughs> all the time. And this is again, right, another broken record where Heath talks about how we have a fascination with substitutions. And, you know, I'm like, I try to look at it from his point of view. Basketball, yeah, every five, six minutes someone comes out. American football, yeah, line changes every so often, right? Yeah, defensive line, yeah. Hockey, mm-hmm. you know, there's line changes. Yeah, it, it might be right, but it's not, it's not because. But they get to come back out and come back in. That's exactly <laughs> It's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's like, what, what infatuation do we have? It's like, we just don't want people to get hurt. Exactly. Right? We and want- it, you know, what was, what was funny this time is he said that like completely unprompted this time around. Like he was asked a completely different question. Like, how, how'd you feel your lineup did or something like that? And he comes out with that again. Like he was thinking about it the whole match. At this point, I, it's almost like he's thinking, you know, they really want me to put a sub in. So you know what I'm going to do? Well, yeah. No subs. <laughs> no subs. He's he's trying to play the under underdog card in that sense from the substitution, yep. right? Because and, and all the other greatness. Things. And then but, in a week, someone will be hurt, and he'll complain about all the minutes they've had to play. Right, and then he'll complain that you know he doesn't have as many people and and in, in staff and all the other stuff, and he doesn't have the rotation and whatnot, and and maybe if he'll put Cohen in the 18 for once and then tease me and everyone else in the aspect of he might actually get some playing time and won't because uh, we won't have any substitution for that. But <laughs> but regardless, back to uh, local news. Uh, I don't know much about uh, Minneapolis City's uh, ongoing uh, victories, but I do know that uh, they were the winners of Fall Sevens League, Morris Day, and the one time it's actually showed up there. I, do you know anything about this? Uh, so that was their like interest squad scrimmage league for uh, since the season was canceled for COVID. They do have enough players um, across the senior team and Minneapolis City too, and I think from there might have been a few futures in there as well. Um, so they had what, six or eight clubs, essentially, um, playing seven aside on Wednesday nights, all with those classic uh, Minnesota-based names. So Morris Day and the one-timers were the champions Wednesday night. Uh, The Citizens gave away some prizes, uh, the Golden Crow, and some other trophies for uh, players of the tournament. Well, well, congratulations to Minneapolis City then yeah. on, on 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 a very unique name. <laughs> more stay in the more stay in the one time is a great name. I might have to pick that up for my next fantasy fantasy league that I that yeah. I end up being. Uh, but let's round up some other MLS uh, news. So uh, we talked about how um, Ben um, was. Uh, I guess mutually fired from or mutually let go from DC United. Um, Atlanta United tied 0 0 with Orlando. Red Bulls won uh, versus two from Inter Miami. Uh, I think this is, is this the game where Gonzalo Higuain finally scores a, a, yes. a, a banger a from kick. a free kick. 
Yep. That's the one. Yeah, that's still can't score PKs, so that's nope. that's still good. Columbus lost in front of him. He's okay, good. I didn't get this. How did Columbus lose to Montreal? That's the one thing I'm trying to figure out. This wasn't a game that Toy played in at all. I think he was still in, no. he's still in COVID quarantine. So like, I think so, yeah. that, I'm gonna have to watch the highlights of that just to be able to figure things out. Toronto beat New England, and that was also a controversial win because I think um, who's their forward? It was Aki, uh, the young guy from Toronto. Uh, uh, I forget. Um, uh, he was he was one of the top scorers in the tournament. A quanquo. I I don't remember too, too I, many I consonants. In yeah, there. I can't I can't think of the name, but he was going one v one with someone. They were running to a ball, and he reached his hand over right, and he, and that's where it gets blurry. You can't tell if he pulled the defender towards him and then just bumped him with his with his body mass and just made him roll, and then the ball comes to his feet and he scores right. And so like controversial goal. But yet, regardless, it's still a win. Philly beats the crap out of Cincinnati, 3 nothing. Houston beats Dallas, right, with a Darwin Quintero goal. <laughs> so, like, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, NYCFC beats uh, DC United 4-1. to And this is with a lot of the international still in place. But one of the things that did get me from the MLS is that not very few internationals were able to go out. I know Seattle let uh, Rudy Rudias go, but Portland didn't. Portland did too. Um, we did as well. We let uh, Gregush go, and he he scored a a, a winning PK for in a Penenka style mm-hmm. against yep. uh, who was it? Um, it was Ireland, Ireland the yeah. Republic. Yeah. Yeah. So Sporting KC won. Seattle Sounders won. LA Galaxy. Loss to Portland six to three. I I didn't get to watch this game, and I might have to watch this game later on. But that was crazy. I don't even want that. And San Jose is back on a winning streak, beating Vancouver <laughs> three nothing. So so that's um you know that's the thing, right? Think things have been weird. <laughs> that is the way things are. I mean, you know, I I got I got cut up with a lot of the Comabo qualifiers and um peru tied 2-2 with paraguay and that was like argentina won um i think chile won too but uh, regardless you know it was interesting watching qualifiers without with empty stadiums i think that was the one of the things that was yeah. really interesting um and um and and you know um a lot of soft yellows that would have been reds in any league um I think I might have shared with you guys the one where the Peruvian player took out the Paraguay and played literally with the elbow to the face. <laughs> and it was only given a yellow. So, that, yeah. But also, it looks like EPL is back and uh, West Ham beat. Uh, West Ham won. Southampton went over West Brom. Arsenal beat Sheffield United. Wolves finally beat Fulham in some sort of sense. Man, you lost to Tottenham 6 nothing. And then here's the thing. <laughs> That I don't, I, I have an Aston Villa fan in my dad's. We have, uh, we have a dad's soccer group to chat from all the things my kids are in. So there's one pool. Of, we have one Aston Villa pool fan in that group. And literally, like, he was. Uh, what is the song that they sing uh, after? I forget what it is, but. Uh, but, like, there was, there was some 
he was putting the song and like I can't believe Aston Villa defeated Liverpool seven and two. Like I know it's mm-hmm. early in the season and it's all other stuff, but there's just some crazy things going on this time in the year. Yeah. Everton is like top two, right? Yep. I mean, all the teams you expected to actually do really well are not doing that well. So let's hope that that cleans up in the next couple of games, but because that's just making really interesting. As, as some of the commentators said, I think, I think it was one for the Liverpool game. I was listening to the, uh, the Liverpool home commentary on the radio. Uh, and they said, well, you know, it's early. It doesn't matter. This will all be forgotten at the end of the season when Aston Villa is on the bottom and Liverpool and everyone else is at top. <laughs> so I mean, it's, if it's just that time of year. <laughs> if if Eric never never forgotten the seven one that Argentina, I mean that Germany did against Brazil, I don't think a seven two is that that forgivable either. But in other historical news, though, um, Sergio Dest subbed in for Barcelona. Yeah who is the first American ever to represent the, uh, Barcelona, right? So that's, that's, that's good. That's good news. Yeah, um, I started, uh, so ESPN has been broadcast, ESPN Plus has been broadcasting some of the like, women's like La Liga. So I was watching Barcelona play against Sevilla and I was really interesting. Like I was excited to be able to watch a lot of the, and so like Giselle came out of the room and was like, what are you watching? I was like, I want you Barca play. She's like, wait, men's? I was like, no, the woman. And I was like, what? And so she sat down and was like, I know that player. Awesome. I know that other player. That's the other player. That's And she, like, she was just naming everyone. I did not know who they were because I'm not that astute of a, of a women's uh, EPL or women's uh, soccer league outside of the United States. So I was like, yeah. wow, that's really great. So I learned a lot. And I'm really glad that that's been on TV. But, um, but then... Um, Apparently, there was something else. Um, what is it? Shirt sales with the name of the Manchester United and U.S. Women National Team, Christine Press and Tobin Heath, have outsold any of those of the club's male players for the first three days after their signings. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? Seriously, I'm no. not surprised. Like, no, no one who has followed the women's national team at all should be surprised by that. Right. Um, I've also heard that it's... Uh, some people are trying to discredit it as saying that, you know, the, the season has just barely started. No one over there really buys shirts uh, with a player's name at the beginning of the season. So they, they were trying to say, well, no one's buying the men's shirts. So of course the women outsold. It was easy. No one's buying anything. Um, but obviously their yeah, shirts are still, still big enough that like, I mean, this it's huge. Look, and also, Mike, it's like, well, what? Why would that be true for the men's and not the women's? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like for me, it's like you don't know. Like my kid is the biggest Tobin Heath fan. So, do you know how on a daily basis, how many times do I have to be like, Dad, can I have some money? Dad, can I have some money? What do you want? <laughs> I, like, I want to buy this jersey. I was like, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> But I do see that. Put that on your wish list, and someday maybe we'll be able <laughs> to get you some. Someday, right? Someday. Like the Mariah Carey song, someday, you know, someday, you know, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But no, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, Prince and Tobin are like two of the most, uh, like, they're just amazing players, like offensive yeah. threats anywhere, right? I mean, we've yeah. seen Christian Press curl the ball outside of a 30 yard line and, and, and just, you know, I mean, and, 
Heath loves to meg people and, and just be all out energy and be all out grittiness. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. And there are household names across, you know, around the world. Yeah. So it's right. Yeah. I'm sure everyone bought it just because it was Christian press and so many seasons, not because nobody knows who Man- Manchester United is anyway. So <laughs> Yeah. Moving on. So let's uh, try to see what else we can um, get to and finish off. Um, there's always rumors of Cavani going anywhere, and those rumors never go anywhere because apparently he failed his last physical. So who knows where the Uruguayan <laughs> will land. Hopefully some MLS team will pick up on him and give him, you know, a $10 million contract. But but who knows, right? So back to the Comebol World Club qualifiers, uh, first round. Paraguay and Peru scored two to two. Andres Carrillo scored two great goals. Uruguay beat Chile two to one. It's always beautiful when Chile loses. <laughs> Argentina beat Ecuador um, one nothing. I mentioned all I mentioned already in in, the, in this podcast the elbow to the face of the Paraguayan player got that of course would have never been uh, um, it would have been a red in any other league except for the qualifiers uh, in Argentina history first male TV color commentator ever which is great. I just wish they actually pay the women in their national team to actually give them all the facilities and trainings to be, you know, that. Um, Colombia beat Venezuela 3-0, and Brazil beat Bolivia 5-0. I think that Brazil-Bolivia was equivalent to the Minnesota United and FC Cincinnati. Like, if, <laughs> if, if, if Bolivia would have beat Brazil, then I think Eric would have burned his house down and I would have, <laughs> you know, instead of I would have, if we, if we lost Cincinnati. Um, I'm not big on UFA nations, but we have to talk about this Gregorich PK win. Um, Slovakia beat Ireland and PK. It was a Panenka. I've seen it just, just a couple of times, but it, it felt like the goalie still could have saved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it if it would have just like, straight. It looks like he might have gotten them. Couple fingertips on it um, and pushed it right into the crossbar. But uh, yeah, he was he reacted the right way, um, so it was close. But such a ballsy way to score on a PK. No, you yeah, you don't see a panenka all that often. No, um, no, especially, especially when it comes to like this. Yeah, especially on a game like that. So props to Gregorich, which only only rises the stock of a Gregorich up. <laughs> which means he's more easily to receive better compensation if he were to decide to, uh, you know, seek some sort of a trade. Unfortunately, my dream of trading Gregorich for uh, Jackson Jewel is not going to be possible, as I've, I've heard. That Jackson not for Jewell, at least five years. Yep, not for the least five years. So by then, it's going to be, yep. So Hans San Jose was able to lock their one true asset that I'm a fan of. Uh, because we don't know if Wando is ever going to come back. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Bulgaria lost one to three to Hungary, and Iceland won two to one against Romania. Um, there was this whole thing of uh, the Corinthians women's soccer team, but this is, but I think this video is from like last year, I think. Yeah. Uh, but. There's a, the way I saw it is, is there's an Instagram account called Girl Soccer Problems. And they put a bunch of stuff together and they put this sequence of like just passes eventually led to a beautiful goal. If you haven't watched it, uh, it's in our Twitter feed. Um, it, it's, it's, one, it's really fun to watch as the buildup goes out too. But 
Um, I think that's a good way to end. I don't have anything else to really talk about. We have a game coming up. Is it Sunday, right? Yep, at uh, 7.30. 7.30. And, of course, we're, we're playing a Texas team because we always play Texas teams. Always. Right? right? So, so I think we're, we're, Dallas has not been doing great. But this is us playing in Texas. <laughs> it's never voted well for us either. So it, no, it, if, if, we, if we walk out with a 2-2 tie, I will, be, I, will, I will not burn my house down. But I will also not burn my house down if we lose either. So Yeah, we have never beat Dallas. So it would be never. huge to, to get out of there with three points. Um, it, would or, be, it would help us a lot. Texas team in general. Because the way the tables are running, it's everything's super tight. Yeah. Yeah. Like a win could shoot you. you yep. A win could shoot you all the way up to third. A win could shoot you, you know, even first if you, if it's possible. But uh, it's it's a very tight. Um, don't let's see what else. There's no other soccer news that I I know. Of. I'm just I'm finally like after this weekend, after tomorrow Sunday, I'm finally done coaching for fall, and I love. I love my teams. I love my girls in my teams because they're all nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds. Matter of fact, yesterday, our, one of our last games, one of my players is like, who has his obsession of collecting grass clippings. And I was asking them to come in. He was like, hey, come over here. I was like, you're going to go in. And, and when things are complicated, like very few times I make complicated for young kids when like substitution-wise. But I, I needed to make a substitution to give some other player a rest. And I said... You're going to go in for our forward named X, right? But then you're going to tell, tell our right defender named X to go play forward so you can play defense. Like, can you tell me what – do you understand that? She said, yeah. Can you tell me what you just talked about? And at that point, that grass clippings was all over my face. <laughs> right? In front of all the parents to see on the other sideline, right? And, and, of course, the player is laughing, and I've dealt with this player before, and – they're wonderful kids. They're wonderful kids. But like, like I, I really like literally like, she, you know, I'm, I'm leaning over her head to head. And I said to her with my mask on, I was like, I was like, you know, it's like, that was not very nice. I have grass clippings in my shirt, uh, inside my shirt. Would you please apologize? And he was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but it was funny. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, we ended up having a good time. Um, um, but after that, I am going to miss those small moments and silliness that the kids do have. But I'm glad. And I think this actually might be my last fall season for a while, just because next year we don't know um, where we will be in the world of soccer and the pandemic. And last next fall will be Issa's senior year playing soccer. So I do not want to miss any game for that matter. So, so I hope yeah. the kids enjoyed me this much and I hope they do that. But without <laughs> any much, I hope everyone has a lovely day. If you don't, um, if you like what we're doing, you can always support us on our Patreon page. Um, and, um, um, wish you two uh, a happy weekend. I don't know what you guys will be doing, yeah, but, Thanks everyone for listening and hopefully next time we'll have Eric on. Yeah. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> and bye. <laughs>